to his span of life. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which, is, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And let's pray real quick before we start. God, as we've gone through this sermon, we realize that there is much about our hearts that we need to know. The anger that we have in our hearts, the lust, how to love our enemies, the treasures that we're laying up for ourselves that we don't even notice. One of the things that we seem to almost never think about, though, is how wrong our sin and our worries are, our anxiety. And God, we pray that as we, as we consider your word, that we would come to a greater understanding of, of what the problem with worry and anxiety is and how, how best to fight it. What do we do to help resolve it? So God, we're thankful for your word, and we pray that our, that our hearts would be open to receive um, that message tonight. It's in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. So, um, the first thing I want to do in, in, in kind of preparation for, for talking about um, Jesus' comments about anxiety is kind of addressing what I mean by anxiety in general. Um, I don't know how much of, most of you I think know this, but we kind of live in a culture of constant worry and constant anxiety. Um, the, the, the North American Dictionary defines anxiety in this way, a feeling of worry or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. And as I was kind of preparing before I even um, started to, to put points together, I wanted to make sure that we had a general understanding of just how serious of an issue this kind of is amongst our culture and our context. Um, there are more than three million cases of clinically diagnosed anxiety disorders in our country every year. That's how kind of rampant severe anxiety and worry um, is in our context. Um, and those generally are, are categorized into three different categories. So a general anxiety disorder, which is um, when there is these kind of imminent events or um, we're worried about the way something is going to turn out, then that anxiety can take over to the point that we have problems with maybe breathing or um, we start to get super sweaty, all kinds of stuff, general physical issues that we have because of worrying. Um, the second one is social. So in our, in our context, we have social anxiety disorders where we are 
um, worried about interacting with other people or in large social gatherings. Um, and the third one, which is the most major form and is normally a condition that arises out of the other two, is having a panic attack, right? These are not uncommon in our context. People have these a lot depending upon whatever the, the context of their life, something that's happening, something that's occurring can cause people to have a panic attack. And I don't know if any of you have ever seen that, but it can be pretty scary. People uh, lose the ability to breathe and things like that, and they have to kind of be coached through it. Some people get hospitalized for that kind of thing. It, it's pretty serious. Um, but you, what you need to know is you and I live in this context of, of anxiety. I mean, I, I, I fully believe that there are people here in our church who, who suffer from that kind of issue. You may not know them. I may not know them. But statistically, we have several people in our church who suffer from that sort of issue. So, so what are we supposed to do, especially as you and I come off of a season of uh, fun and gift-giving and everything else, but also stress and anxiety? I would be lying to you if, I was, if this sermon wasn't very intentionally directed at me and the worry and the anxiety that I have on a regular basis over, over even small issues, especially in this season. Um, I think my wife and I experience more stress right around a holiday um, than almost any other time, and that's just based on trying to figure out how we're supposed to see our family in a stretch of three to four days. Something small, right? But it seems to just cause us general stress and worry. So what's the problem with anxiety? As, as has been the case with the rest of the uh, subjects of the Sermon on the Mount, anger, lust, um, laying up treasures in heaven, loving your enemies, Jesus is letting us know that worry and anxiety is a heart issue. And here's why. The first reason anxiety is a heart issue is it displays a lack of faith in the power of God. In a lot of cases with worry or anxiety, the problem is that we're perceiving our life circumstances or what's to come as beyond the power of a sovereign God. And we're now losing sight of how big our God is. So, many of you have probably heard this story before, if you've talked to me at all. Um, but when Emily and I moved up here, we, we initially moved up here jobless, and we weren't going to be able to move our impart- into our apartment for a full week when we got here. So priority number one was finding a job and things like that. We actually stayed in another church's missionary house for the majority of that week. Um, before we got settled. I found a job pretty quickly, which was a great blessing, um, but as Emily was trying to decide what she was gonna do, I was the only one working for, for a small time. And um, Emily finally actually joined up with me at Chick-fil-A, but there was a, a small stretch of about a week and a half where um, Emily had not been paid yet for the first time at her job, and it was still just me, and we had just paid tuition for school, and then we had friends come into town that weekend to visit us from out of town. And we went out to eat with our friends because we felt like we had to, to ho- be good hosts and that sort of thing. And what we realized while we were at the restaurant is that there was $35 in our bank account. 
We didn't tell anybody. And as God sovereignly normally works, one of our friends was like, oh no, you've been hosting us all weekend. I've got this. Um, But there may not have been another time in our life where Emily and I have been quite that stressed. But what you can see is in that situation, I'm perceiving my life circumstances, specifically my financial circumstances, as beyond the power of a sovereign God. Because I remember as our friends went to use the restroom, looking at Emily and thinking, we can't afford the food that we're about to order. I mean, we could have paid for it, but then we'd have like $10. But I was foolish to think that my financial circumstances were beyond the power of a sovereign God. I had forgotten that the God who has created, created me is more than powerful enough to provide and sustain me. The other part about displaying a lack of faith in the power of God is that we, we forget that God cares for his children. Over and over and over again, we see God um, titled as father, right? We even speak of him that way in our theology, God the Father. And as I look just in this room of only a small portion of our church, one thing I know as I look upon a lot of these men, good fathers provide for their children. They never don't provide for their children. And our God is a good father. And the third section as a, that we display a lack of faith in the power of God is that God has full knowledge of our situation. No one knows our needs better than God. As a matter of fact, as those of us who have come to believe that God has sent his son to die for our sins, if our God knows the needs of our heart, then how much more does he know of our physical needs? When we allow worries and anxiety to take over, we display a lack of faith in the power of God. The second problem with anxiety is that it distracts us from the glory of God. A lot of times, we don't just think of uh, the subjects of our our anxiety as beyond the, the power of God. Sometimes the problem is we actually view them as more important than God. This is a, a misplacement of our priorities. I know I titled this sermon Biblical Priorities and it's because of, of this point here. But often, the objects of our anxiety, especially in this sermon, food, water, clothing, we actually place more value in them than we do the glory of God. And it causes our anxiety and our worry. Here's why. Often, Not always, but often, anxiety or worry can actually stem from a heart of greed. We desire certain things, and because we desire having them or we fear losing them, we start to have anxiety. You see the irony there. The God who has provided for us the whole time we started to place more value on the objects 
food, water, clothing, as opposed to God, and that's actually caused our anxiety. We fear to lose it. Or we become physically stressed over not having it. We've been distracted from the glory of God. I don't know if you noticed this, um, but in, in verse 32, Jesus uh, says, for the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Being distracted by these objects and placing more value in them over God is something characteristic of an unbeliever, is what Jesus is saying there. Believers cast their burdens and their anxieties on God and these things are added to them. Like the bird and the flower who don't do anything nor even think about what they need. A believer, as they seek to uh, pursue the kingdom of God and righteousness, in verse 33 there, have these things added to them. The, the flower has done nothing to be adorned so beautifully. The birds have done nothing to be fed, but they are. They're sustained. The third problem with anxiety is that anxiety often can derive from other sin issues. Specifically, when we get caught in a sin and we remain unrepentant, that breeds anxiety. Anxiety that we might get caught Anxiety of how people will view us. Sin breeds anxiety. So how do we fight against anxiety? Well, Jesus gives us the answer in the passage. Verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Jesus' answer is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's how you fight anxiety. But how do we do that? Because that sounds really simple, but practically, that gets a little confusing. As I, as I was reading the Sermon on the Mount in kind of preparation of this in, in, in small chunks, here's what I really found beautiful about the Sermon on the Mount and in specifically pursuing the kingdom of God. And as I said at the beginning, Jesus is exposing heart issues, right? Anger. Jesus is saying, well, yeah, maybe you've never killed somebody, but if you've been angry and you've harbored that in your heart, you might as well have. Sure, maybe you've never cheated on your wife, but if you're looking at a woman lustfully, then you might as well have. This is a heart issue. He's concerned about your heart. To not do these things as an outward action doesn't, doesn't mean anything about who you are as a person in your heart. He's concerned about your heart. And one of the things that the Word of God does on a regular basis is it exposes our hearts to how sinful they really are. That's what Jesus is doing in the sermon for his hearers. He's letting them know, you're actually 
incredibly angry or you're incredibly lustful or you, you're, not loving, you're not loving your enemies very well or you're laying up treasures in your heart that aren't God. You're not clinging to Jesus. You're not clinging to God. But here's the beauty of the sermon because you and I get our, get our sin exposed by the preaching of the word of God every, every Sunday by, by Josh Green or Josh Wombo or Jake, regardless of who's preaching, we can have our sins and our heart exposed by the word of God as they preach. But the beauty of the Sermon on the Mount is that the man exposing the sins in your heart is the same one who is gonna die for them and is gonna rescue you from them. That's the beauty of the sermon. And that's how you, the beginning of seeking the kingdom of God is reminding yourself that these heart issues and anxiety and worry fall into that category are not beyond the means of the grace of Jesus as he preaches about them. They're not beyond that. Second part, pursuing righteousness. Pursuing righteousness is fighting against sin and pursuing obedience. One of the ways that you and I do this with anxiety specifically, and you've heard, I know you heard Jake say it multiple times, we've gotta cast these anxieties and our burdens upon the Lord. So how do we do that? We do it in regular prayer. We do it here at at the church as we entrust and accountability in the people that we have here in our lives. The church is here for that purpose, for you to cast your anxiety and your burdens upon them. God has provided that way for you to fight your sin and anxiety and worry is no different. So the answer to fighting anxiety is seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The primary way that you and I fight day to day against anxiety and worry is by believing in the gospel of Jesus Christ and repenting of sin, pursuing first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We believe that Jesus has died for our sins and that his death is sufficient for us, including our anxiety, and by regularly repenting and trying to grow in sanctification. I said at the beginning, I'm preaching to myself as as, as much as anyone. I have no clue what many of your burdens are. I don't know. There may be anxieties and worries that you have that I don't know. I know my wife and I have our own as we feel like we're juggling eight different things kind of going back into the school year. And there's plenty for us to to stress or concern ourselves about. But one of the things I can't allow it to do is I cannot allow it to display a lack of faith in the power of God or to distract me from the glory of God. I have to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Let's pray. Dear God, we are so thankful for the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is teaching us how to live, exposing our heart issues. I love the way that in the first introductory sermon, Josh Womble categorizes it as Jesus is being our, our prophet, our, our protector, and our provider. God, in here, he's, he's teaching us that, that our anxieties or anxiousness, it's not useful to us. It doesn't help us with life. And matter of fact, it's, it causes us to sin. It causes us to stumble and to think wrongly about God. But God, we pray that, 
that we would be fighting against that by seeking first the kingdom and your righteousness. God, we love you. We're so thankful for for this time to consider your word. And we pray that you would work and move in our hearts through it. It's in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen.